Mary McElhatton is an author, chaplain, grandmother, mother, daughter, wife, and permission mission advocate who has worked with the largest pre-burial and funeral arrangements company in the nation. She's encountered and experienced hundreds, thousands of families and people and how they deal with and approach this subject, something we all know 100% of the time will happen to all of us. So can we give ourselves permission to talk about it? That's what we're going to be diving into today. So you're going to want to stick around. The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to Rat Race Reboot. I'm your host, Laura Noel. And as a certified coach and former 27-year military leader, each week I provide bite-sized mindset pivots that will help you reset your mind, reawaken your spirit, and regain your control. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode. I'm really, really thrilled to have this conversation with Mary. And um, first and foremost, Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Laura, it's such a pleasure. Thank you uh, for just being brave enough to even have this conversation with me because, you know, I, I many years ago didn't want to have it. Uh, just like most people, it's like, why would you want to have it when you're living and having fun and everything's great? Well, until you're hit with it, that's when you want to know about it. Well, exactly. And, you know, and I think this is really important um, to talk about. And that's why I'm I'm grateful that you're on the show. Um, you know, and we all experience loss. And at some day, we're not going to be in these physical bodies on the planet. And we, you know, we want to make sure that we're taking care of our loved ones and our loved ones are are with us and we can um you know embrace the memory of them and so it might seem a little odd that this is on rat race reboot but it's actually not because rat race reboot is is all about resetting your mind reawakening your spirit and regaining your control and living in a way such that we're not spinning our wheels. We're not in the ra- the rat race, and we're doing the necessary things, living in gratitude and um, and being present in the now. And in order for us to do that, we have to live and do things in a certain way. So, um, anyway, Mary, before we dive in, I would love to hear from you a little bit about your background. And what led you to this point in making Permission Mission your mission? Awesome. Thank you, Laura. I uh, So a little bit about me. I'm a small town girl from a little tiny town, only Illinois. And I had a big dream to uh, work in a bank, moved out to Las Vegas from this itty bitty town to Las Vegas, Nevada in 1985, and just have never looked back. I uh, started working for a bank. I, I've done a lot of different things in my lifetime, yet this that I've landed on has been the most rewarding and the most growth that I could ever imagine. I stumbled upon it. And so Permission Mission came about back in 1981. Uh, we got the call. We got the call that my brother had been tragically killed in a motorcycle accident. And I I remember specifically, I don't think I'll ever get that day out of my mind um, and how things kind of unfolded in the confusion and the frustration and the anger. 
So I sat in silence because nobody wanted to talk about it. And then another brother passed away in 2001. And then uh, a stepfather and then a father. And it's like, and then a family member and then children. It's like, oh my gosh, what is going on? And why are we not talking about it? So when my father passed away, I came to work for the largest funerals company in the world. And what I discovered immediately was some healing started to take place because I finally realized I'm not alone in this. There are many, 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 many people going through what our family went through. And I wonder if they're not talking about it. So when I accepted permission to acknowledge that people pass at the time that they're going to pass, like we're not going to delay it or promote it. Unless we're being crazy, right? Unless we're doing crazy things out there, we're not going to uh, promote it or delay it. So healing started taking place in me and also in my family. It was the most incredible thing because, again, I didn't expect any of this. So it was like giving permission to my to my siblings who had passed away and accepting that they're still with me. You know, in many ways, I felt like they led me to this work to be able to outwardly speak that like they want to be at peace too, as much as we're trying to be at peace here. And that's the permission part of it. And that's the mission I want to get out into the world to let us explore because if it changed my mind about it, it certainly could change others and being well prepared. I'm a grandmother. I'm looking at my little grandkids going, oh my gosh, I'm not keeping this a secret for them because it may not have them grieve properly. It may cause more destruction than some, you know, understanding. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. And I'm also really glad for you and your family in terms of healing through that and having important conversations, because it's often, you know, these things that happen in our lives, these losses, these traumas, if we don't talk about them, if we don't get it outside of ourselves, it can influence everything that we do moving forward and kind of keep us stuck in in patterns without us even consciously realizing. I've seen it. I've experienced it myself. I've watched my mother Uh, not understand why, you know, people kept saying to her for many years, you know, children should outlive your parents when the truth was that she had buried three children. Uh, And so it's interesting to see her now go, you know, please just understand, like, I'm at risk. I had 11 kids. And whether you have one child or, or, or three children, you're at risk. I mean, and, and it's, it's not something that we want to fear daily. It's just something we want to be aware of. So maybe it might help someone to just check in for five seconds and go, you know, I want to be aware of today, the way I'm driving, I want to be aware of the way that I'm going to call that family member that I maybe didn't end the conversation with well last night. So that's the whole purpose of permission mission is just to, again, bring the acknowledgement that it is real, it does happen. I I personally have 
made all of my arrangements ahead of time. And it's actually taken it a step further with trust, with understanding, like I have things that I could get in order beforehand, you know, just mm-hmm. things in my house, things I know my kids aren't going to want. And just really keeping it simple, but, but it's very empowering to have this knowledge. It, it really is. And I, I want to get into um, kind of some steps and ideas of what does that look like, you know, for somebody listening, who's, you know, might be thinking, I've never even thought about this. You know, I've, I've thought about these types of conversations because I was um, when I was in the military, I was serving um, in the honor guard for three years. And so we would have very long van rides sometimes um, to some of the uh, the cemeteries to perform funeral honors. And sometimes we would have those conversations because we were faced with the idea of our mortality because we were serving and being there for service members and their, and their families. But this isn't, um, prior to this, it wasn't something that was talked about in my family, actually up until right around the time I started working in the honor guard. Um, my father, he came to live with us for about a year and he had uh, terminal cancer. And so we were caring for him and he had, when he first moved into our house and he was, you know, fine and fighting it and, and all that stuff, he had a folder with like, he, this he was very organized. He had all the passwords to his stuff. I knew like when he ended up transitioning, I could focus on being with him and being with my emotions and not having to, you know, when we're in doing mode, taking care of things and figuring out, at least for me, I am well accustomed to squashing my feelings and emotions down so that I can take care of business. But what he enabled for me was for me to feel fully and completely. And, um, and I didn't have to put a lot of mental, um, mental energy into the doing because it was already laid out. So I could, you know, be with his memory. I could feel what I was feeling. I could work through it and then move through it and not be stuck in it. Yeah. The worst part of a person who's in that position who has a loved one who is transit transitioning is I, I don't want them with me at that moment. I want them with their loved one, just in, you know, just to take advantage of every moment that they have with them. And then at that point, you know, we'll, we'll figure out the rest. But the first step is you had asked, you know, Laura about like, what is the, what are some steps? Well, the first step is for a person to acknowledge their mortality, you know, like, I tell my children, I am going to die one day. And I, I want you guys to know how much I love you that I have prepared everything so that you guys can, you know, really honor the life that I lived well. Because people think it's about death and dying when the reality is it's about like your father. Mm-hmm. It was the life well lived. He lived a responsible, organized, structured, probably yeah. a, a simple life. Mm-hmm. And giving you that gift of being a daughter at the time that he still got to be a father to the very end. I mean, that's special for you yeah. to, to feel and let be, and feel taken care of. Oh, I'm getting emotional now. 
yeah. <laughs> I always just say those those yeah. things are just the reminders of how much love they left in us. Yeah. You know, and I, t- I encourage people. I-, I cry with people every day. I don't even know yeah. these people. But I think we know each other to a whole different level of that we don't even know yet. And, and this is a topic that kind of connects us to people in a human way of, you know, like I'm, I'm going to go, you're going to go. And so I have a really hard time getting upset at you when I know that, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, I'm not wasting any time stressing out or, or making you angry. I'm, I'm here simply like, how can I support you? What can I do? How can I love you? And here's what I need from you, you know, just to get through this crazy world called life. <laughs> yeah. When, what I'm hearing is, you know, it, it's okay. You've said just acknowledge your own mortality, you know, our own mortality. And and then also uh, I love the idea of it enables you to embrace the now on a, like this isn't forever in this body. So why not, serve and connect and be with with love and gratitude because gosh we waste a lot of time when we start letting those little things that can feel like big things in the moment kind of hijack our our mind and how we treat each other but this is really um another way of not just talking about it from the standpoint of we're not going to be here forever but what can we do in the now to appreciate and and be in relationship with ourselves and others to the fullest? That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, absolutely. And and once you acknowledge, you know, our like my own, you know, day of departure is what my dad called it. He's like, Mary, we're talking about my day of departure today. And I'm like, oh dad, like, <laughs> oh, this is hard. He's like, I know, but here's the deal. I know I'm going soon. And you're going to sit and stress about it. So do something about it. That has stuck with me. Do something about it. So the next step I would, uh, you know, go to a funeral home, just walk in there, just ask them, what are, what are the things that are needed at the time when a person passes? And it does, it opens your mind to not just death, but life. Like looking at some of the decisions that need to be made, there's like a hundred questions a family's going to ask on a hard day. There's books that prompt you ahead of time to look through and review. I was so proud of my, she was 13 at the time and she's 16 now that she filled one of these books out. And it was a very proud mother moment for me because I realized that the difference between my 37-year-old and my 16-year-old is that my 16-year-old has been, we've been talking about it for a while. There's some yeah. natural m- movements and natural ways of just dis- making decisions. She filled her entire book out where my 37-year-old has been where I raised him with the silence part. The majority yeah. of his life it was about, you know, you don't talk about this. It's depressing. If you talk about it, it happens. Um, leave it to other people, you know, I don't care, I'm dead, blah, 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 I've heard yeah. thousand excuses. And the number one big excuse I'd like to hear out of people is, of course, I've got to get this done because I love my family. Uh, yeah, that's beautiful. It it really is about living. It's about living 
to the fullest, honestly. I'm seeing it in a different way. And I'm I'm coming at at this from having some background in it. But for those of us listening who might not, um, it it really is. It's about it's about living. It's about um embracing and um I I, I the phrase that comes to mind is kind of non-attachment. Um, it's a very yogic kind of expression, but yeah, it's, it's loving, but not being attached, um, being able to let go and, um, and surrender and be with and, and live really. Like I said, I, I stumbled on this. I had no idea that I would get out of the anger I laid in for many, many years of self-destruction. And self hurt and self selfishness. To be honest, uh, well, if that's what love is by losing somebody, then I want nothing to do with it anymore. Is kind of my attitude, and what a ripoff that was. Yeah, for so many years, and now I'm going, man, it, it is not like that anymore. And I'm so grateful, right? The grateful yeah. part of it that has been revealed to staying in the work of what does this offer us? What can this offer to our family at a time when it's going to be needed? Because that's, I think as a little girl at 14 who loved, loved, loved her brother and never wanted anything to happen like that, but it did. I was looking for someone to just say to me, Mary, like, you know, things like this in life do happen and let's talk about it. Yeah. But because it's, there's so much fear and myths around it that we just like most families, I think just didn't want to burden anybody else with how we felt. And I'm like, no, no, no. But I'm like, yeah, you throw it all out here, put it all on the table. How do you feel to get in it? Some people it'll make you really angry at first. And I say, golf, that's awesome because that's going to be the biggest breakthrough for that person. Yeah. Getting it outside of you instead of holding it in and suppressing it, which a a mentor of mine, Bob Proctor would always say that causes dis-ease in the body. You've heard him say that too, right? Um, So I I definitely want to before we close today, I want to hear about, you know, how, how do you work with people? How do you serve? But I I wanted to throw in one question in here because this is not your typical um, path toward, you know, a calling like this, you know, I don't, I don't hear this conversation very often, which obviously this is why you've established permission mission, but I'm curious because you're the author of the book, rocket risks, not knowing the how and doing it anyway. Um, tell me about how you actually, this initially this urge came about and did you know what you were going to do and the steps that you needed to take? Um, how did that unfold? And um, I'm really curious about that. Well, it's interesting. So I wrote the book back in 2009. That book started from uh, a situation I had gotten myself into in a divorce four children, one being very small, living in my sister's uh, 200 square foot room in her garage and financially understanding that I will be responsible for these four mouths to feed and these (laughs) tons of eyes looking at me every day going, what are we going to do, mom? 
And I'm like, I don't have to know how. I just got to do it anyway. And every day I just took the rocket risk, you know, just uh, asking for that position or that raise to uh, trusting that a vehicle would come in my path, even if I didn't have all the money to pay for it. And it did. And just uh, speaking up, right? Just speaking up and saying, yeah, like divorce sucks, but there's there's life after it. And no matter what, we're going to get through this together. If I just keep staying focused on a, a, a small risk, it does, it's not the jumping out of the airplane risk. It's the small risk. It's the, you know, in the grocery store, losing a hundred dollars and asking someone for help. Like, I would have never done that before, but I realized like there's people who want to help, but they just need to be asked. Most people are just assuming people will help you, but that's not the case. They have their own lives going on. And the gentleman who helped me with the groceries to cover the hundred dollars I lost in the store, you know, it was like losing a billion dollars for my family. And he just, I mean, just please. Yes. Let me help you here. Yeah. And I, and it started opening my mind to, you know, that it's very easy to stay in our own little bubble. And once though the bubbles popped, there's no going back. I would never do life without anybody ever again. And, uh, I've been blessed with a beautiful marriage now of 18 years with a man who like, he's my team partner, you know, he's my guy and he's got my back. (laughs) <laughs> and we we now are you know six children and nine grandchildren and it wow. it's awesome and scary at times and it doesn't go right at times but it's okay because we'll take another rocket risk not knowing how and we'll do it anyway so it's the commitment part yeah i love that and it sounds like with permission mission those are rocket risks having those conversations and not knowing how what's going to come out or how it's going to end up Um, that's a rocket risk, but the pay off of doing that is phenomenal. Um, of you starting this conversation, permission mission, that's, you know, the decision, you know, you've mentioned the commitment, the decision to start permission mission is a rocket risk and look what it's opening up, you know, just in a decision. Um, I, I love that. It's making a decision and committing to the decision regardless of the outcome. And that decision is what's developed the permission and the healing and the acceptance and the gratitude of, you know, whatever amount of time we have on this planet, um, it's, it's time that it's can be used towards something great. And, and yes, bad things are going to continue to happen all the way around us. There's no doubt about that. But the more of us that lock arms and lock hands and lock cards, you know, we're going to successfully get through these things together. Yeah. I I love that. I love that lock hands, lock arms, lock hearts. I love that. Um, Well, how, how can people connect with you? I'm, I'm assuming that you kind of help people navigate this journey. So what would that look like and how can they connect with you? So I have a website, permissionmission.com. There's an inquiry form, just connect to send, you know, send me a message. I'm going to call you. I'm going to connect with you. 
and really just help get through that first step. I always say it's uncomfortable for about 30 seconds. There's a 30 second uncomfortableness because it's against the grain. It's telling us we shouldn't do this, but the reality is we want to. Most of us want to, when it comes to this day, have it prepared for, um, because we know the damage of others that have left it undone, how that affects our lives. So connect with me. I'm going to help you through the 30 seconds versus a lifetime of what could be the silence part where there's no joy in that. There is no acceptance in that. And it just continues to build separation. And I'm saying it doesn't have to be that way. And take the first step. Just get on my uh, website, permissionmission.com or on Facebook, Mary McElhatton. And uh, I even have a Facebook permission mission. So it's there's plenty of ways that you can connect with me and we'll get through it together. And uh, we'll have your website in the show notes as well. And uh, when I went to the website, I noticed there were different ways to reach you and your book. So everything is right there. Um, So definitely, I highly encourage everyone listening today to reach out to Mary and and connect with her and open your heart. Um, Mary, is there anything that we haven't covered today that you would like to leave our audience with? Well, I'd like to leave you with today, (laughs) this moment, and just know that there is nothing you will not go after by having this conversation. Because when it gives that urgency to life, there's no messing around anymore. If you have a dream that you've kind of just left in the corner, Or like me at 14 who said dreams don't work because we die anyway. Man, I would say, or woman, or child, or children, I would say pick that dream back up and just place it right here and here and walk with it proudly and keep going after it because you never know what life will be impacted by you giving some your own self permission to give somebody else permission to. And that's it. It's fun. That's beautiful. Well, Mary, I want to thank you for joining us and pouring into our audience today on Rat Race Reboot. I, I have so much gratitude for you. Thank you. You're welcome, Laura. Thank you, guys. You are welcome. And um for those of you listening, please leave a review on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. We would love to read that review. And um, also, if you go to ratracereboot.com, there are always downloads and free things for you to um, test out and try. And um, also go to, and this will be in the show notes as well, stretchintosuccess.com backslash ratracereboot, all kinds of goodies there as well. But Remember, everything is created twice, first in your imagination and then in physical form. So I can't wait to see you next week. Take care. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.